Great morning, everybody. Great morning. Uh, hope everyone is having a great start to the week. Um, I don't have Caleb on here to kill my vibe early this morning, so I'm I'm on I'm on twenty right now. Forget ten. I'm on twenty. Uh, hope everyone's having a great week, though. Um, just remember that you're a beast. You know, you can do whatever you want to do when you uh, put your mind to it. Uh, And just know that you're going to hear no. (laughs) You will hear no. Uh, And just just keep moving. I I like to say uh, no means next opportunity. Okay, next opportunity. Uh, And it makes for a great story, right? When you... When you succeed and you've heard X amount of no's and you get that one yes, you know, you can you can you can know you have you have a great story to, to tell people. Um so I'll just say embrace the no uh and just move just move just move on to the next deal. Just move on to the next deal, guys. Um Caleb's not with me today. Uh so I thought I'd just bring a I don't even know what segment that is. That was actually that was actually kind of nice. I don't know what you guys think. Just some quick motivation for you guys. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got a great guest on today. Um, let's bring him in. Hi, everybody. Uh, on today's episode of Shipbuilding, um, I have Kevin Trana on. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, Cooper, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, how you doing today? You know, I, I couldn't be better. It was a it was a wild weekend. What I like to call chasing houses around. It's a tough market, but yeah, but, uh, yeah. Mondays and Tuesdays, it slows down a little bit because not many houses come on on those days. So, so yeah, more downtime, catching up on stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. That's cool. Um, so Kevin, why don't you tell um, our listeners a little bit more about yourself? You know who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, I I'm a real estate agent with Keller Williams of the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Uh, own some investment properties. I've done a flip. I'm currently living in a kind of a disaster zone. Um, in a house that we're actually going to stay in for a while. My my wife and I uh, just got married in June during COVID. Uh, we went to New Zealand last year, like right before COVID happened. And we moved, I think, three different times in the past year. So uh, it was it was quite the year, but it was a blessing and it was a great year. And, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. So uh, that's what I do currently. Otherwise, I went to NDSU. That's how I know Caleb. And um, I spent probably seven years uh, in Fargo between NDSU and then working afterwards. And then I made the leap, moved down to the Twin Cities, got my real estate license all at the same time, and just started going after that about uh, four years ago. Wow, that's uh, that's great. That's great. Can I can I ask? Um... What um, what made you want to move uh, to the to the cities? Yeah, that's a a good question. Um, well, my brother and my dad. So, so when I was at NDSU doing my thing, you know, watching football and you know hanging out with my friends and going to school and all that stuff. Um, the market had crashed in 2007 and eight, right when I was just starting to go to school, but I didn't really have perspective on what that really meant or what opportunities were going to come with that. Um, Meanwhile, my brother's, I think seven, seven years older than I am. And he had just moved from Fargo to Princeton, Minnesota. Mm. Uh, And him and his wife bought a townhome like at the top of the market. Uh, so they they kind of realized like prices were going down and luckily they got out of that one 
but then they started looking at like foreclosures. And so um, my parents owned their house free and clear. So he was able to figure out that they could take a home equity line of credit out on their house. And then actually he was able to use that as cash to go and buy a foreclosure. Mm. So then if I remember right, they basically moved into that and then they did. And then like every year after that, they'd buy another foreclosure. My dad would go, my mom and dad would go down help them, you know, fix it up. They'd rent it out and cash it out with a, a refinance and then use the home equity line again. And so they did that about five different times um, from 2009 through about 14. And like I said, I was, you know, just kind of in college mode, not really uh, knowing what I wanted to do, what, what was going on. You know, I was just going to school to go to school. Um, so I didn't really pay a lot of attention, honestly, to what he had going on or what my dad was doing and, and any of that. But um, fast forward about, you know, four years to 2016. Um, that was, I was actually working for NDSU in the office of admission. So I was recruiting high school kids to come to NDSU, not in athletics, but like on the academic side. Okay. So I was traveling Northern Minnesota um, you know, visiting these little high schools and I talked to them about NDSU and what a great experience they'd have and, you know, help them through the financial aid process and signing up for classes and, you know, all that good stuff. So then I started to realize, like, if I'm going to be selling NDSU, you know, I, I never really wanted to get into sales, but that's basically what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. So then having more conversations with my brother and then actually reading uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad or listening to it, I guess, on one of my drives, I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, that led to conversations with my, with my brother. And he's like, well, I think there's still opportunities down here um, to make stuff happen. And so uh, then I actually read another book called Six Months to Six Figures that was uh, given to me by a friend of mine, Kyle Reedstrom in Fargo, and he was in real estate as well. And it's not so much about money, but you set a date six months from now, and then you say, okay, I'm going to make a change in my life on that date. And then you just kind of figure it out as you go. So um, during that six months, I got uh, licensed in real estate. I, you know, kind of just told my brother I was going to move down. I ended my lease in Fargo and I lived in their basement for um, about three months. And actually my first transaction ever was my own personal duplex. Mm. So sorry about the ramble, but I no, feel like <laughs> all, all kind of how, what led to, you know, the move. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Um, I was I was looking at uh, you know, some of your info. Um, and you you uh you had a quite quite a few jobs. I know you talked about um, you know, the recruiter. Um, can you can you talk about a little bit of some of the, you know, former jobs that you had and like you know if there's any lessons that you learned um out of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that, yeah, that's kind of a long story too, but I started in finance and then I realized that you could add a double major and really, you know, take maybe two extra classes to double major. And I took a marketing class and really enjoyed that. So I ended up double majoring and then I went more of the marketing route. So I, I was an intern with the Fargo Moorhead Redhawks for a summer uh, and then from there, you know, and when you talk about relationship building, I actually built the relationship with the guy that managed the ushers mm. at the Red Box. And he was working for Matt Bus at the time, the public transportation Fargo Moorhead. Okay, yep. And so basically built that relationship. And then he had an internship, a marketing internship available. So he kind of took me over there. 
and I started working for them. I, I was also doing a marketing inter- internship for Herbert and Gerberts, kind of in the middle of that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I was at MatBus for two and a half years, just working with a lot of college students there and built some relationships with NDSU people. Uh, Joe B. Lichtblau was the um, director, director of admission at the time. So I had kind of gotten to know him a little bit. And then uh, eventually the internship kind of ended. So it was like, well, either I, I go full time and get benefits. And, you know, I had already graduated at this time. So I needed to kind of move on. So I actually got a job at a third party benefits administrator, Discovery Benefits in Fargo. And I I'd never sat in a, in a cube before, but that was my first cube job. Um, and I was there for about three weeks because I had applied for NDSU at the same time that I applied for this position, but it just took them longer to hire me. So, yeah. so then I got the NDSU job and um, that was probably the better experience because that's when I started to really mature, I feel like, and, and kind of grow into my own and start looking for more opportunities. I joined the young professionals group in downtown Fargo uh, and really started to expand my mind and start meeting people and kind of understand what life was, was all about and and where I should be going. So I actually started my MBA at the same time because it was free to go to school um, while I worked there. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And from your other episodes, I mean, school, not many of our uh, people on, on this podcast really enjoy school. And uh, I would have to agree. I mean, I think there was some value in that, but I was three classes in and I wasn't getting near the value that I thought I should be. I think the biggest value I got was the people that were around me. Mm. Some of them were there because they wanted to be, others were there because they're their company you know sent them back to school to get their MBA and um, so I've I've built some good relationships and there's always been really good conversation and big ideas that come from you know those few people that I met through that so to say that it wasn't valuable is is a hard thing to say but yeah um, but yeah that's what kind of got me going and and it was through that MBA and just starting like you know I'd work and then I'd study and work and study and it just kind of got me out of the the other habits that you do in Fargo you know go to the bar (laughs) and watch sports so yeah yeah um, yeah it got me out of that got me in the right mindset Joby was a big part of that he got me running and we did um we ran a few half marathons and, um, yeah, not to get too deep, but we lost, uh, one of my nephews to cancer when he was 18 months old in 2015, early 2016, I want to say. Um, so that gained some perspective as well. Like what, you know, I, there's more to life. I got to start doing something than just the, the normal eight to five, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And yet I need to, to make a change. So I'd start actually fundraising as part of my training for half marathons and run those races with Joby and train with him. And um, so, yeah, that's some of the lessons that I learned, I guess, was just to work hard and the relationships that you build matter. Mm. Don't burn bridges as you go. And, and then, um, you know, all those, all those things kind of came together to really push me into something more and, um, you know, make that leap. Got it. Got it. No, that was great. That was great. Can, can you just touch a little bit, um, you know, on the relationship side, you said that you talked or that you joined a, uh, um, a club, um, you know, why you, or, you know, you got the job at NDSU. Can you, can you just talk about, you know, the value of, you know, going to a different events or, you know, meeting up with people or joining clubs and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's something. And I I think you'll probably get to that question. Like what, what would have I done differently if I was 18 again or however you word it, but yeah, yeah. you know, 
there's plenty of clubs and stuff at NDSU, but like I said, you know, what did I do at NDSU? I, I went to class, maybe I bead my way through it and, you know, didn't really care and, and knew my roommates really well. And the people that I hung out with, you know, at sports bar. So, um, but you know, after that point, it, just being around people that have big ideas and, you know, it was everything from realtors to, you know, the guy that's, you know, mowing 300 lawns a week, you know, and started his business at 18 and never went to college, but he's here like at this, at this lunch event with a bunch of, you know, 20 to 30 year olds just talking about big ideas and, and we went and toured breweries and they just had a bunch of different events that, that were perfect for young adults that were just trying to make their way after college. So, um, so yeah, if I wouldn't have, you know, gotten involved in some of that and really reached out and jumped out of my comfort zone a little bit, you know, who knows where, where I would be if I would, you know, just be, sitting at the cube or you know still still at ndsu or who knows gotcha huge importance there yeah no that's good that's good let's talk a little bit about um your mind shift uh you know you said you were you know had the job at ndsu like where where did your your mind start to shift and wanting to start to dabble in in real estate I think honestly, it was probably Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, it's a phenomenal book. Because <laughs> yeah, it was like a year before I actually, when I listened to Rich Dad Poor Dad, I'm cruising northern Minnesota when the leaves are changing in the fall. I always brought my golf clubs with because you'd play, you know, golf when you could when you didn't have college fairs and visits and stuff. And so I was. I don't know what made me want to listen to it, but I, you know, just put it on, on the radio or the podcast and, um, or audio book, I should say, and, and just couldn't get enough of it, you know? And, and it's not like it's that profound that it goes into that much detail. It's more of a story. If, yep. you know, I, I know you listened to it and read it, but yeah, it just changes your mindset. And then, then it kind of led into like, okay, that's what my, brother's been doing for the last how long you know let's call him up and have conversations so so then we were sitting at the lake and one summer and that was the summer before I moved down actually and he's like well I think there's opportunity for you to just come down like you could go get a a job at General Mills and and work your 40 hours a week and make your 60 70 grand and then and then we can just invest in real estate on the side. And, you know, I looked into some of those options. I just, you know, I wasn't being pulled that direction. So I, I just thought, well, if I'm, I'm recruiting right now, it's basically a sales position, but no matter how many kids I bring into NDSU, I'm going to get paid the same amount, you know, no matter if I put in 60 hours or 40 hours, I'm still going to get paid the same so why not change that and put my energy into, you know, first time home buyers or move up buyers that are just trying to figure out, you know, be a solution to them, be the, the expert that knows how to take their situation, ask the right questions, and then draw up a plan to move them forward. You know, it's the same process. It's just a little bit bigger of a process because it's a house and not a college education. Um, so along with the passive and investing, I also thought, well, why not give the the sales aspect to try and, and, you know, just actually make money per house that I sell rather than not make money per student I bring in. Love it. And that's, I love that. And, I, you're, and I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about becoming a realtor correct right okay yep and yeah i, I love that because um one of the guys i follow uh grant cardone he talks about you know creating your different flows right different flows of income 
And uh, he always says that when you start that first flow, um, the second flow or, or whatever flow you go to next should be somehow related to the first flow, right? And so I, I love the invest in real estate and then start to, okay, I'm going to see if I can um, be a, re- you know, be a realtor. You know, I'm already doing this thing on the side. Let's, let's look to becoming a realtor. So I, I like that. That's, that's great. That's great. That's a good point. Um, can, so what, so what was your, just talk to, let's talk about your, like your first deal. Like how, how was that? Um, and then if there was any fear, you know, how, how'd you deal with that? Yeah, I, man, it was like, you know, I moved down, I maybe had 20 grand saved up. I had a decent vehicle, so that was helpful. But other than that, like I was in a great position. I didn't have any debt. Um, even my car, you know, I, I paid that off. So I I really didn't have a whole lot of debt. And so it's like, you know, go back to ramen noodles or whatever you want to. And like I was living with my brother rent free, at least for the time being. I mean, they weren't going to let me stay forever. And I kind of gave them a cutoff date anyway. But, um, you know, I've always gone with, you know, think about the worst case scenario. And if if you're okay with that like just push forward. Mm. And and at that point, you know, worst case scenario, what was I going to do? Like go get a job at quick trip and work your way up to be a manager and make 40 grand a year and go rent something, you know, or fleet farm or, you know, you name it, nothing wrong with those positions either. But, but that's how I've always like jumped into things is what's the worst case scenario and if I'm okay with that, I'll just move forward. And it was just me. I didn't really have any anything else to be responsible for. So, um, yeah, when I moved down, it was like middle of March. And my brother was done at that point using this home equity line that we had or that my parents had. So, so I'm like, well, do you guys care if I use this? And they're like, well, don't touch any of our money, but like, we trust you to, we trust you with our house basically. And it's like, you know, you think back on that, that's somewhat mind blowing. And yet, you know, dad started his own business at 20, 21 years old too. So it wasn't like he was too worried about it. So, yeah. so anyway, this duplex shows up in Champlin and I was living in Andover at the time with my brother. And so, I I went and looked at it and it was a Habitat for Humanity home. So they'll come in and I think sellers can like donate properties to them and get a big tax write-off if they donate it versus sell it. So it was de- donated to Habitat and rather than Habitat holding on to it and renting it out to, you know, one of those community programs, they turned around and we're going to sell it. So it was on the market for 250 grand. And I remember thinking like, okay, I'm going to offer on this like first deal ever. So I didn't even really know how to write a purchase agreement, let alone like (laughs) the whole process. Yeah. But luckily, you know, at Keller Williams, there's plenty of people to, to help you out. And there was one, one agent there. Um, and, you know, she helped me with the process. She managed quite a few properties in addition to her, her real estate um, business. And so the thing that she told me, because it ended up going to multiple offers and I had a cash offer, but, it, you know, not cash isn't always king. So I was going to offer like 247 on it instead of 250. And I told her that and she's like, you realize that that 3000 bucks a month over 30 years, whenever you, you know, get it into a mortgage, that's like less than a McDonald's meal a month. Wow. And it's like, bam, right in the face. Like, you know, you're so right. What the, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> of 
So I went and, you know, that was right before I was about to submit. So I changed the whole offer and, and submitted it and then I got it. So, so then uh, he, home equity line of credit is um, interest only. And so like, you know, eventually I was going to refi it out, but I didn't really know what that all entailed either. But I put tenants in there by the first month and they, they paid 1200 a month. And I think my interest only was between 750 and 800 a month. So I was living there for free. Plus I was cash flowing like 250, 300 bucks a month. Wow. That's uh, and that's how you do it. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Yeah, as you guys. Next- <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, no, that that's great. Um, man, that, that's, you know, there's a lot in there. Um, I, I love the, you know, think worst case scenario. Um, like I feel like people that come on this podcast, you know, like one of the things that I always find interesting is that there's always a, like rules and principles that they live by or they do things by, um, you know, and that whole thing, think worst case scenario. And if you're okay with it, um, then pull, pull the trigger, um, is like one of the things I always, I always use, which is great. I mean, I, I love, I love you when you said that, you know, I always think what's the best case and what's the worst case, you know, and I always, I always weigh the worst case. Like if I can deal with the worst case, I'm good, you know, and obviously, obviously best case scenario, we always want to, you know, push for that. Um, no, that that was great. Um, can, can we, can we talk a little bit? So you read, you read rich dad, poor dad. And like, what, what triggered Kevin to like pull the trigger, like to take, take action. Cause I know, a lot of people read that book. Oh yeah, it's it was it was a great book, and back on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, like what what what? Okay, Kevin reads the book and is like, all right, I'm gonna go talk to my brother because I know my brother's um, doing this thing and and try and take some action. Like what? Like what? What triggered Kevin? Well, I think that that was a portion of, you know, many different things that made me move because I could have done real estate in Fargo too, you know, that, and that would have probably been a lot easier because I know way more people up there than I, than I knew when I moved down here. Um, But I think the, the whole aspect of rich dad, poor dad was just like, what, what's your money doing? What's, you know, if you're, you're saving 200 bucks a month. Well, that's great. If you're putting it into retirement and, you know, NDSU is matching it at whatever percent for the first three years, and then they'll go up from there. And if you stay 20 years, then, you know, things are really looking good. Um, You know, that's great. But if I can go and and build my own legacy and build an asset, that's going to be paying me. Um you know, passively to the point where, you know, I think when I first started, like within that first year, once I kind of realized like what was going on here, um, my first goal was to, to basically have 50 K passive within five years. And that would essentially, you know, make me financially free where I could, you know, go do what I want, whatever I wanted for a year, if I felt like it or, you know, give back or, whatever that may be. So I think that just triggered it in my mind. Like this is way bigger than, than anything that I've ever learned before. And this is just, it's from a, you know, silly little story that about made up people, you know, two different dads. I I, I love it. And in the best way possible, of course, that was a bad word. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you okay so you you and i don't think caleb and myself have ever really touched 
on this point. And you and you just nailed it on the head. Um, one of your goals is is from what you just said is to be financially free. And uh, you said to be financially free, so then I can go do, you know, take go do something different for a year or give back um, for a year. Um, and I, f- I feel like we talk about, you know, we don't try to make this a, a money podcast, but like, this is a, this is an economic planet, you know, like money is, makes the world turn, you know? Um, but I guess I don't know where I'm going with this question, but I, like when we, when you hear, um, financial independence or, f- um, being free financially, like, like, what does that look like for you, for Kevin? Like from a, a money standpoint, like how much I'd have to have or what would that life lead to? Or just what, like, like you want to be financially free. Like what, what does that look like for, for Kevin? Okay. When, when I get there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, um, like I said before, my wife and I just got married in June, but, you know, God willing, there'll be kids on the way. And then, you know, they're going to need all sorts of things in life. And I think one of the most important things that you can teach anybody is perspective, like how others live, what, what the world is all about, not just in our little bubble. So, you know, what that six months might look like is, you know, we just up and leave and go travel the world for six months. And, you know, go build a house for somebody somewhere, you know, whatever that may be, just, just really teach them what life is about and just build that legacy and build the, the name and, you know, and educate them in a way that most people aren't educated. Most kids aren't educated, you know, give them, an experience that's going to allow them to, to gain perspective and then change, you know, five more people's lives or 10 more people's lives or a hundred more people's lives as they grow and, and learn from it, you know? So I think it's just a matter of, you know, having that freedom to just do whatever you want to do, give back where you want to give back and, and change others, people's lives and other people's, like other people's perspectives. Cause ultimately that's what the world needs. I feel like. Mm, man, that, that, okay. So that was awesome. That was awesome, Kevin. Uh, and so I think, yeah. <laughs> And I think that's where I was trying to go is, you know, being financially free means that you can make decisions you want to make not related to money. Like, it, it's not a decision based on how much you make or what you're doing, you know, what you're doing for work. You you make a decision because it's the best decision and it's what you want to do. Um, and I loved how like when I asked that question, like maybe the first couple minutes, it was all about your future family, like giving experiences to them so they can gain perspective. Um, I, and that's great. Like, and at the end of the day, I'm sure, you know, like money is just a tool to, to be used. You know, I, I think we get in trouble when we start to make it more than that when we start to like really work like worship money like doing whatever we need to do to get that buck right um so like no that was that was that was great and a quote that i i kind of live by regarding money you know it's always kind of been the the money's always been the root of all evil you know not we didn't really talk about that a whole lot growing up and yet we lived very we didn't really talk about money at all yeah. Um, so one of the quotes that I kind of live by, uh, money is only as good as the as the good you can do with it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's great. That's great. Again, again, r- rules and principles, guys, like, you know, having different rules around different things in life. Love it. Love it. Um, 
Kevin, so so you got you got into to real estate, um, you know, got you know, got your first property. Like, was there what was your aha moment that that made you realize, like, okay, yeah, this this is definitely the right the right decision, the right move that that I made. Um, I think once once they moved in my tenants moved in next to me, you know, you're always kind of, you've heard the horror stories, like tenants are this, tenants are that, you're going to have toilets breaking constantly and showers squirting water on the walls and, you know, whatever. Um, But, you know, tenants are people. They're, they're great people. If you, you know, I shouldn't say select them, right. But like do your due diligence when you're, you know, selecting them. So, you know, I think the, the first or second rent payment, like when, when I was able to cash that check and just put it in the, in the bank and that's what got me, I shouldn't say really got me through to the next month because shortly after that I was, you know, selling houses and money wasn't too much of an issue at that point. But but when you get mailbox money, you know, monthly, I think that's when it really clicked. Like I'm, I'm getting paid and I'm, I've spent maybe an hour or two on this business all month, you know? And that's the power of real estate. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, Can, can you talk about, um, was there, like any key relationships or you know people um that that helped you along along the way um once i got into real estate kind of yep. yep yeah i think i think one of the first ones i told you about the the agent that told me it's a mcdonald's meal a month yeah yeah yeah, yeah. her name's heather and she is just, I mean, I think she manages like a hundred some properties. Plus she probably sells like 30 to 40 houses a year. Wow. I mean, she's hard nosed, like just gives it, gives it her all. And I think, you know, she was going a hundred million miles an hour all the time, but she there's a place in our office in our market center, which was called the like cyber cafe. And I didn't have any office space when I started. So I literally go to the office every single day. I set up my laptop in there and it's kind of by the break room or by like the, the fridge and the microwave and the stove and all that stuff. So agents were coming by all the time and I would just ask them questions like, you know, what are you working on today? Can I look over your shoulder while you're working on it? You know, whatever that might be. And Heather was always in there cause she didn't have an office space. So she'd just pop in randomly, use the computer and then pop out. But she'd always take the time to just like check on me, see how things are going. What's, what's good. You know, um, teach me a thing or two, give me a little nugget about investing and then she'd be off again. But once I got that property, she just really helped me. You know, she helped me place my first tenant. She helped me set up my application process and my vetting process and setting my uh, minimum occupancy criteria for income and credit and, you know, all that stuff. So all the nuts and bolts, the things that I think most people skip out on, on their first property and that's why they have a bad experience. So I think she was a big piece of, of that. And then, you know, living with my brother for those first few months too. And just like, we did a book club, you know, think and grow rich. We read, I think we read rich dad, poor dad again. We read um, as a man thinketh by Victor Frankel. Um, And we just, you know, sit down and talk about like his rentals and talk about mindset and, and faith and just different things while I live there. So I would say those two, you know, initially, and then um, within that first year, I joined a team, a real estate team, because I was on my own for the first eight months. And then I joined a team with Eric Peterson and 
uh, Tony Corner and some other agents, but I'm still with that team today. And they've, and I, I knew at the time that I would grow a lot, lot quicker if I was on a team and just, you know, gaining their insight 24 seven rather than just bits and pieces here and there, you know, while I was sitting in the office there. So, um, so they've always been a huge help to help me, you know, grow to the point where I'm at today. I'm on more of the sales side, not so much in the investing side, but yeah, I would say those people have been the biggest factors. That's great. And I, I loved how you just, and maybe maybe you didn't even realize, but I just love how you just downplayed one of the biggest I don't know, I don't know, I guess I don't know how to say it, but like what one of the things like Heather, like people like Heather, like even your brother, you know, um you you attracted those people. Um just listening to like you know, you were you were always asking questions always wanting to learn um you know people gravitate towards that like um and when they see that they you know like they want to help you i'm sure that was what the case was with this this heather um lady like she saw that you were always in the office like always asking questions always talking to people always wanting to learn um and like people like her always are you know i just feel like people of that status or that level they're always looking for those people that want to learn and get better and and take advice you know so that's that's powerful um absolutely and and i mean as far as that goes that's a good point that i kind of downplay that but you know i i'm now not an old guy in the office let's say but you know i i feel like i've i've been through a lot yeah i mean i'm not 20 years in, but all these new agents that come in, you know, I, I do some trainings and, and teach at the office a little bit too. And I come across these new agents and I, you know, spend the time to meet with them, talk with them just briefly. And then I always give them a card and just say like, seriously, when I got started, all I did was sit down, buy people coffee and learn and just, you know, what works in their business. Cause it's not the same for everybody. And I always give them the option to go, you know, just let me know when you have want to have coffee and, and we'll do it. And I don't, I can count on two fingers, the number of agents that have taken me up on that. That, you know, that's so crazy because like just, and again, just by, just by doing that, right. Like giving a card and Hey, you want to, you know, reach out, get a coffee, drink, like that's attracting that person. Right. And I guess I don't know the two that you've talked to if how those conversations went. Um, but man, like obviously the person that reaches out to you is someone that I feel like is going to want to learn, you know, or, or is going to, you know, want to build a relationship or, or, you know, or just ask questions. Right. Um, right. So no, that that was that was great. That was great. Um, what um, what would you? This this has been a great podcast, by the way, Kevin. Um, I think you should uh take over for Caleb. I think. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks. Usually, usually I'm the one asking questions. I'm I'm a pretty good listener, so I, you know, I don't get to spew a whole lot, and that's that's fine with me. But yeah, this has been good. Yeah. Um, can, can you talk about like what, what, um, what motivates, uh, Kevin, like what motivates and pushes Kevin to keep, keep going? Man, some days, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, I think like, I just, I have a high high sense of responsibility for life, for, people that I love for my clients. Um, So like if it's not so much that I would ever let myself down because I don't think that would, well, I shouldn't say that that would never happen, but that happens, you know, every so often. Um, But I think it's if I let 
other people down, right? You know, if they don't have a good experience or our life went spiraling downward, you know, that's when you talk about fear, I think that's the fear that would, would come into play for me. And, you know, just disappoint, not disappointing, but letting people down is probably what motivate or I shouldn't say let people down makes me motivate. What am I trying to say, Cooper? Good Lord. Um, <laughs> I think you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I have a higher sense of responsibility for the clients and the people that are around me. And so that's what motivates me to just put up my best foot forward you know, on a daily basis. Cause at any given time, I'm, you know, working with four or five clients at a time. So if I just took a few days off, like that could mean that they didn't get the house that they were meant to live in, mm-hmm. that they were meant to, you know, play in the backyard and skate on the pond in the backyard and whatever. So, you know, if I just let my guard down and just, did whatever I wanted to or, or whatever, you know, that's where, um, I just can't let that happen. So, so yeah, I think it's the, just a high sense of responsibility that keeps me motivated and keeps me moving. And then, um, my wife and I are actually going to Colorado on Friday for a week for a delayed honeymoon. And so I'm excited to sit down with her cause our life has kind of been a whirlwind, um, for the last couple of years actually. And we're going to sit down and really put forth some, some good time and energy into, you know, all aspects of life and the goals that we have in those areas. So that way I can just have them in front of me and, and um, you know, review them on a daily basis rather than just, you know, quarterly or yearly. Nice. Nice. Love it. Love it. What? Okay. Let's, why, why do, why do that? Kevin, why goal goals sitting there with the wife talking goals? Why, why do that? <laughs> um, well, if that's one thing that I, I learned, I don't remember where I heard it from, but if you don't know what the end looks like, if you can't picture that, if you don't have that drawn out or if you haven't thought about it, then you won't know when you're there. See you next week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. That's it. Cut, Later. Cut the show. <laughs> and um, and I know my parents are probably going to listen to this. So I, you know, sorry, mom and dad, but I look at their life and they, you know, they work their butts off to get where they're at and, you know, what they did for us. But now I feel like they're there, you know, they're retired. And I, I feel like they just didn't really know what that would look like leading up to that point. And now they're just kind of like, all right, here we are, you know. And not that that's a bad thing. I mean, I think they, they have a great retirement and, you know, they have a late place that they enjoy and they love, you know, my brother's family and my sister's family and our family, but, um, but I don't think they had like a clear picture on what that looked like. And so that's, that's what you got to figure out at an early age, you know, as you start growing. So, you know, where you need to be and when. I'm just, I'm just taking notes down and, and goal in mind i love that i i don't think anyone's uh said that on here that's uh that's probably- i wish you remembered where it was from but i don't know <clears throat> i get out a quarter way through a book and then i lose interest because it's repeated itself three times <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotcha gotcha no that's great that's great um so kevin what what are you doing to um to grow you into the, the better uh, version? Uh, yeah, good question. I think, um, you know, in the mornings, mornings is when I have energy. I, I'm not the guy that stays up till 1 a.m. thinking about all these ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like after a cup of coffee and 
you know, 20 minutes out of bed, like I'm thinking of every possible thing, like what projects we got to do in the house to, you know, what experience we're going to do in Colorado while we're there to how am I going to surprise my wife for her birthday and her, you know, delayed honeymoon to, you know, what investment property am I going to go after next? Um, so that's kind of my, my morning time. I don't, I don't touch my phone until eight mm. by about six, six fifteen. once in a while, six thirty. And so that's a good time to just, you know, have some prayer time, some meditation, um, some reflection, you know, on the day, bef- day ahead and the day that you just had. And then it's just straight into reading actually. And I've, I've been more committed when I actually piece it down to, okay, I'm going to read at least 10 pages a day. And if you can read, I mean, anybody can read 10 pages a day, but it usually turns into 15 or 20. Yeah, for sure. You know, even if it's repeating itself, I've kind of gotten over myself on that where I can just, if it's 10 pages a day, big deal. That's a book, usually a book a month. And I think I can handle that. So, so that, and then I'm, when I'm driving around, I drive, I put a ton of miles on my car because the Twin Cities is a large area and I kind of yeah. cover most of it. So uh, bigger pockets, bigger pockets money is another one that I've really enjoyed. Um, shipbuilding. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I said, you know, before we started this, I think what I really appreciate about appreciate about you guys is you're you're finding the people that are doing it on a daily basis and are easy to relate to. You know, you're not it's not like going on bigger pockets and talking to somebody that has four hundred units and how they did it by <laughs> age twenty seven, you know. These yeah. are people that you can just rip and tear just stuff off of them and and you don't have to worry about, you know, how do I put together a deal for a 400 unit apartment building? Um, Thanks. Kevin. Appreciate appreciate about you guys. Yeah. I received that. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I think that my mornings are the biggest thing and miracle morning by Hal Elrod, I think. Um, kind of got me started on on that. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah, that's that's great. I mean, just ha- just having some some routine, you know, is always is always good. Um, the whole the phone thing, though, I, I I love that. I love that. I know a lot of a lot of um per- personal development people um that's one of the things they preach is setting a certain time before you go to bed and when you wake up where you don't look at your phone like you just keep it to the side you know get that time to yourself control that time so you feel like you're in control right yeah um, that's great that's great um okay you already you already answered this question um what would you tell your younger self, let's say 18. Um, yeah, I think that's just, you know, I shouldn't say grow up quicker, but gain perspective quicker, gain what's, what's important in life a little quicker. I wouldn't say that, you know, college was the worst thing for me. You know, I built, I built a lot of relationships in college that I still have today. And that provides, you know, a lot of value in many different areas. Um, But, but I think I could have done that elsewhere too, you know, whether that be traveling for a year or doing, I mean, like some sort of missions trip or just even going to work and like working in Fargo, like in a college town and then just joining like a young professionals group. Like I talked about, you know, you can be 18 and join with a 25 year old group and they'd be like, Holy crap. Like this kid wants to learn something, you know? Yep. Um, so I think just gaining bigger ideas and gaining perspective earlier 
would have been the advice. That's good. That's real good. It's it's always it's we it's always, I I love that question because uh, you know obviously everyone has a different you know a different uh, answer. Uh, so that's good. That's good. Um, Kevin, this has been great. Uh, you know, Caleb said like, oh yeah, Kevin Ke- Ke- gonna be great, and so I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I have, my, I have my thoughts about uh, Caleb right now, but it's all good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, where 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 can our uh, followers uh, link up with you? Um, or you know, find you? Yeah, I'll probably go Instagram Ktrana eighty nine. Okay. And if they want to email me, Kevin Trana, T R A N A at KW.com. Love it. Love it. Love it. Kevin, thank you very much uh, for your time. This has been great. I, I learned a lot. Like I said, I was taking notes, um, keeping the end goal in mind. Love it. Love it. Appreciate that. And thanks for the time. It, it's great to be on. And if there's an opportunity in the future, I'd, I'd love to guest host or, you know, come back on whenever you want. For sure. The next time Caleb, Caleb uh, cancels on me, just uh, be ready. Is that what he did? <laughs> let's, 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 not, let's not go too deep because I, I was the one that canceled the first time. So, uh <laughs> Uh, no worries no worries appreciate your time and yeah hopefully we can connect again in the near future yeah for sure all right kevin thanks you bet yep bye another great episode guys um that was definitely I learned I learned a lot that episode. Um, I mean, I learned a lot, you know, through most of the episodes. But um, yeah, Kevin had a lot of good, uh, good information. Um, you know, just some some key takeaways uh, for me. Um, Caleb's not on, so I can hog um, all the time today. Uh, one of the key takeaways for me was through his story you just kept hearing different uh rules and principles and i'm just starting to find you know as i like i said in the podcast you know the people i've brought on i've just noticed that there's always a set of rules that that they have or guidelines um how they deal with fear you know um so if you don't have if you don't have a set of rules that you do things by, you definitely need to, you know, look into that or, yeah, or, or something like that. <laughs> um, and then another point that I took uh, out of this po- uh, podcast with Kevin was, you know, what are you doing to attract people? Um, that are on that that level you want to get to. Um, again, you know, Kevin is someone that's learning, wants to learn, asking a ton of questions. Um, and people that are on that high level, um, you know, or, or whoever you look up to, right? They like they they love and they enjoy working with those um, those type of individuals. Um, and so just keep that in mind. Like you always need to be learning. You always need to be asking questions. Um, just being a student of whatever game you're trying to get into or play. Um, just always being a student of your craft and always learning. And you'll attract the masters, I like to say. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, uh, keeping the end goal in mind. Um, that was definitely powerful. Um, you know, I feel like today we forget about the end goal, right? And then we start going left, right, back, front, you know, everywhere but towards the end. Um, and just keeping that 
in the forefront of your mind where you're writing your goals down, like this is where I need to uh, get to. Um, so yeah, that was, that was it for me. Um, yeah, but that was a great episode. Um, really appreciate, uh, Kevin taking the time, uh, to, to come on here and, um, drop some knowledge, drop some wisdom. Um, yeah. So, uh, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave a review, Please leave a review. I mean, I I love all you guys, and uh, you know, I love I love everyone that you know have gave us compliments. Really, really appreciate it. But man, I would love it even like you don't even need to talk to me. I don't even need to, you know, just like hey, Coop, I dropped a I dropped a uh, review. Left you left you a rating. Go check it out. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a five star. It can be a, a two or three. You know, we're still learning, still still up and coming. So you know, we know we gotta stay stay in the lab, stay in the weight room. So, but yeah, seriously though, please leave a review and rate us. <laughs> uh, and let me know how I did by myself today. I mean, I feel like I deserve a round of applause. Like, there's no. It's just me today. The first time I don't got my wife with. You know, me and Caleb, our relationship's almost done anyway, so. <laughs> but anyways, um, well, that's it, guys. Uh, have a great uh, rest of your week, and I'll see you next week. Bye.